0: Welcome to Leaders and Legends of Online Learning, a podcast dedicated to the experts. Thank you for listening. Each episode will be learning from the world's leading thinkers and practitioners in online learning and linking to ideas relevant to online teaching, working with online learners and digital education. You can listen to the experts and check their profiles and link to some of their work on our website, www.onlinelearninglegends.com. I'm Mark Nichols, the interviewer in this episode. You'll meet Professor Irina Volangavecine in this episode. Irina is Director of the Institute of Innovative Studies at Vitaltis Magnus University in Kaunas, Lithuania, and she's a rich international perspective on distance education and technology-enhanced learning. I'm talking with Professor Irina Volangavicene, who is Director of the Institute of Innovative Studies at Vitaltis Magnus University in Kaunas, Lithuania. Irina is a past president of the European Distance Education Network, EDEN. She's current president of the Lithuanian Distance and E-Learning Association and has worked with UNESCO. She's also a long-term advocate for distance learning and teaching and technology-enhanced learning. Uh, Irina, it's great to be talking with you again. Thank you. (laughs) Can we start, Irina, with a brief overview of your career and publications?
1: Yes, of course. I'm happy to do that. So, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me here. Uh, It's been very interesting uh, for me also to follow uh, the interviews and podcasts. And... um, Actually, I started um, with a very, uh, I would say, successful career, uh, which uh, was initially focused in one of the technical universities of Lithuania. And why it was successful? Because uh, I jumped into uh, open and distance learning immediately after mm. my graduation in 1997, actually in humanities. Mm. I started working at konus University of Technology. That was a very technologically oriented um, a group of people. Uh, my uh, boss uh, was already involved in European projects that were dedicated to establish distance education centers in several countries in Europe. Mm. So that was uh, quite, um, you know, <laughs> a challenging, also uh, very promising trend, very interesting one. And um, I started working there and immediately I realized uh, that um, this topic is quite uh, attractive for many enthusiasts all over the Europe and also all over the world. Mm-hmm. We had some training uh, sessions uh, from the States. Uh, we had even some... I don't remember any contacts from New Zealand or Australia, because I think at that time, we still had quite limited internet connection Mm, uh, in in our country. Mm. No social networks, definitely. But uh, my uh, team, uh, I was a, a junior member in the team at that moment. We already started developing national regional initiatives uh, for open and distance learning. And uh, soon uh, I realized that we are members of EDEN, European Distance e learning Network. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was uh, joining EDEN conferences very early. And then I uh, finished my master's at University of Liege in Belgium in higher education pedagogy. Actually, my uh, work was on online tutoring and I met my tutors, my professors, uh, in Eden Conference in 2004. And since then, I started my, my way as a researcher. So, humanities, uh, IT, and technologies – plus social sciences with a background in education for doctoral and postdoctoral research. So, you know, from the very institutional focused team, I think there were ways opened to a national, regional, EU and then global uh, partnerships. And I am very, very grateful for this uh, opportunity to start immediately with technologies and technology enhanced and technology supported learning. So this is my story. And uh, my regarding the publications, as you asked, um, my PhD was um, focused on uh, quality uh, assurance of uh, uh, distance education. Yeah. Uh, and I focused on curriculum designing. And I'm very happy to start with this because I think... Um, this is one of the backbone elements, and um, I focused on course level, on learning design level, as, as we have it now in there in this area of research, and quality assurance that allowed us to, to look at when and how to develop it so that it meets the best the needs of all the stakeholders.
0: Excellent. So it, it sounds, Arena, uh, as though when you first started with distance education, technology was already there starting to really change the landscape of how things were done. So you've gone yep. from distance education th- through to technology enhanced learning. Was there a gap between them or was technology enhanced learning always a part of your practice?
1: There was a gap. Actually, we started with distance education, with the room video conferencing systems, uh, connecting through, you know, very sophisticated technological solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were installed in, in higher education institutions, mainly and here in Lithuania and also in Europe. But then we suddenly noticed um, a huge wave coming, you know, with the desktop solutions. Mm. And technologies that enhance learning and teaching in in very, very uh, different um, segments and fragments of uh, learning process. So I experienced this shift and I think that was um, a real, a real change that was happening.
0: Mm. Excellent. It sounds as though you did some very early work in technology enhanced learning too through your master's program.
1: Yes, you're right. Uh, we were then uh, discussing on how to better support tutors uh, and teachers and learners with technology and what is the role of each of these and then what is the process of learning that we can integrate technology in order to enhance experience. So, that, yes, you, you are right.
0: So, Irina, you've done a lot of work over the years in quality assurance uh, curriculum. You've also done some work for OER. Um, can you tell us about some of the ideas and themes that your work has provided, particularly those you think are still really relevant today?
1: I think the course level and the quality assurance of curriculum design on the course level now, we call it also learning design, and we address um, digitally enhanced assessment strategies, engagement of learners uh, into the learning uh, process uh, through uh, technological solutions. So I think all of these are attributes to uh quality criteria or quality standards that we still target at today uh, specifically after pandemic I think um, we uh, notice and um, we see a lot of evidence that comes from very quick transition in terms of crisis you know in in the context of a pandemia when everybody just started using tools to transfer, Uh, their Mm -hmm. traditional teaching and learning methods online uh, to solve distance. (laughs) But uh, at the same time, I think all this uh, area of research is very pertinent today and very hot yet, because we see that the biggest problems identified globally uh, in higher education are still solutions for uh, assessment, solutions Mm -hmm. for uh, learner engagement. So I think these are still very urgent topics. Uh, Then I think uh, it also develops in um, a slightly different area that I also had an opportunity to research, which is um, a curriculum that is designed for virtual mobility of teachers and Mm -hmm. students. Yeah. We targeted virtual mobility uh, for for different scenarios, but I think uh, also the the characteristics of learning design that is um, targeted at virtual mobility are also still still pending, and I think this is also a a very promising area of research. Also, uh, now learning environment uh, that supports uh, learning design solutions. With learning analytics as a metacognitive tool, uh, then also, I would say, maybe opening curriculum uh, through OER and Open Education Solutions, I think also are very, very important uh, trends that need to be rediscovered again.
0: Mm, Great. So it sounds as though your work is is still very, very relevant. The things that you've been studying now for some time uh, are still very much front of mind for practice internationally.
1: Yes, I was happy to meet, you know, researchers from the open universities on the global scale and I think we learned a lot and I'm very happy to meet them and to to have these lessons.
0: Mm. Actually, it's an interesting point, Irene, that that you're very well connected uh, right across Europe, but also internationally. Mm. Um, Is practice in Lithuania something that is um, common throughout the world? Is Lithuania doing anything different from other countries?
1: I'm not so sure, actually, that we have anything very specific. Um, maybe uh, an interesting observation that I would say is that uh, smaller universities might be quite flexible in terms of integrating solutions. I follow how institutions develop their digital competences as institutions, then how they support teachers in the in teacher digital competence development. So. I noticed that it is quite sometimes easier for smaller, maybe countries, um, also smaller institutions to adapt and be more flexible Mm. quicker. Mm. (laughs) So maybe this is uh, the privilege um, to, to, to work in a small country and small institution. And also we are very international, I must admit that. Uh, Maybe also due to our nature, (laughs) Um, we do try to reach out for experience, for knowledge, for expertise, and to learn from it.
0: So, Irina, we're now coming to the end of 2021, and of course, the last two years have been very disruptive uh, through COVID. But I'm interested in your observations about online learning and education at the present time.
1: Yeah, it's been um, quite interesting uh, space in our life um, to compare uh, the developments in open and distance learning through decades. Uh, For example, Eden is celebrating now 30 years uh, anniversary Mm. and also ICD and other important organizations that we were collaborating with and UNESCO. I think uh, we might now distinguish very well what experience can bring as a solution and debate, discussions in the area with the experts in the field uh, might highlight and also strengthen research and and, and highlight research importance uh, in order to, to, you know, to make choices and uh, to make decisions about where to go. And then we call maybe some... Massive, uh, I would say, tendencies from the newcomers. Uh, previously, we would not have so many people involved in open and distance learning, and not definitely not so many institutions involved in open and distance learning. Yeah, true. And uh, school sector specifically, because schools would never imagine that they could work online, one hundred percent. So recent developments show that we need to reinitiate actually discussions on experiences that we call or characterize as successful ones, Mm. on uh, the main uh, dimensions, on the main parameters where open and distance learning should stand upon, and then new ideas and new solutions that could be immediately uh, integrated into education uh, with the purpose to enhance and to support learning and teaching. So it's a very interesting period of time when we, I would say have an opportunity to follow discussions between uh, generations, between uh, different experiences, and to think uh, how how we make our choices, on what kind of criteria, on, on what kind of experience, and uh, with what kind of perspective, how do we want to see our societies, our system of education, institutions involved in education providing, so it's a very, very interesting time. Mm, mm. And uh, I in Europe, I would say we also have now this um, trend of uh, transforming education with a tech, with the technologies. And I would say that mm. we need to be very accurate and thoughtful about it.
0: Mm, absolutely. So I think over the last two years, we've seen a lot of uh, what's been termed emergency remote teaching where people have gone online quite quickly because they've had to. So you're saying we should pause, um, learn a lot from each other, and hopefully carry some of the momentum forward even once we can go back to the classroom?
1: Yes, I I, I really think so. Because I think everything that we do and everything that we suggest as experts and recommend as experts, we also need to think carefully how this affects existing uh, models of uh, Funding in education, existing uh, maturity schemes, uh, successful practices, uh, workloads, and, and many, many other things. So I think that we need to, to, to be very accurate and, yes, uh, take it very thoughtfully.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it sounds as though um, once we're able to get back to some sort of normal life, uh, you're thinking that um, it could be that some schools do a lot more at a distance uh, and the universities do a lot more online.
1: Um, yes, I think there is no way back actually to uh, not to use the possibilities um, that suggested by technologies, for example, to save our time, to, to save our energy, to save our resources. Um, I think we m- will continue meeting online, but of course we appreciate uh, face-to-face uh, meetings. And I think uh, we might want to measure. What is the positive um, effect of using technologies, and then to keep it in our lives?
0: Mm, excellent. So, Irina, if, if you had a large research budget and you could authorize any project you wanted to, what would you invest in? What research would you most like to see across online education at the moment?
1: Oh, great question! <laughs> <laughs> I really have uh, some dreams. I would, uh, I would pick up. Uh, I think very difficult. Uh, areas of research, uh, at, at least I think they, they, they require massive involvement of uh, massive data and very mm-hmm. responsible researchers to be involved. For example, I would like to investigate now uh, the factors affecting successful cognitive affective uh, learning and reaching successfully learning outcomes so what, what actually affects our cognition and how it is different now when we, when we are more and more online. Mm, yep. I would also like to see how to diversify curriculum so that it does not bring much workload to the teacher and that it is really personalized to the learner. I I, I haven't seen very many successful examples. So I think we would need to create ones and to experiment with them and to have even mass experimentation Mm. uh, in order to have any kind of solutions and recommendations for that. Uh, I would also like to research more with uh, artificial intelligence in education uh, how it should be embedded in lifelong learning, but also how to educate lifelong learners and society mm-hmm. members uh, about uh, their choices and the communication with artificial intelligence systems and uh, negotiation with artificial intelligence systems. <laughs> I think it's very complicated. And uh, I would love to to do that.
0: Mm, It's a very, very ambitious wish list. Um.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But you said that it's unlimited (laughs) research to budget. (laughs) Fair
0: enough. So it it sounds as though um, some experimental studies are are in there um, where we possibly try two different learning designs next to each other, two different curriculum uh, course types and, and run through the cognitive development of the learners in them. Is that the sort of thing?
1: Yes, because, you know, I'm the the person and the researcher who would most probably sacrifice even the quality of methodology, but Mm. would prioritize uh, practical application of uh, research results. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really love practical applicability of uh, of research uh, the The sooner it reaches society and uh, all of us, I think uh, the better we might change and adapt uh, our lives uh, for sustainable development mm-hmm.
0: and the AI for lifelong learning um, possibilities sound really interesting as well, so would that be AI that gets to know you, um, your aspirations uh, what you want to? do uh, doing your career and then matches learning to
1: to suit your needs. Yes, exactly. I think um, each of us uh, should be um, educated to communicate with artificial intelligence and to adjust our digital profiles in digital space uh, to to decide what we want to share and then to ask for the guidance uh, on our Uh, employment on our career development also of course on our lifestyle uh, preferences uh, what we want to receive uh, uh, what kind of information uh, should reach us and then uh, maybe maybe other things yes
0: Mm, great so that's linking the technology enhanced learning with lifelong learning uh, moving beyond yeah yeah thank you well, Irina, uh, two people you'd recommend as legends of online learning, one whose work or perspective is significantly influencing you now, and one who you think otherwise might have an important perspective to share.
1: I was um, thinking recently, who were the the people, you know, that that inspired me and also were my teachers, I had many teachers in my life, very many, um... I also saw some podcasts that you already recorded uh, from the people who inspired me and are really legends in open and online learning. So Alan Tate, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, I also learned a lot from Andy Lane, Morten-Philippe Paulson. Uh, mm-hmm. Also very inspiring, Maxim jean loup from Contact North. Yeah. But actually when I uh, do research, I also uh, come across many new names Uh, I have um, the the honor to co-edit the journal of the International uh, Research in Higher Education and Education Technologies. And we we really meet new very prospective researchers. So I I have difficulties uh, naming um, now the people whose research I follow. Uh, and to attribute them with the legends in open and online learning because <laughs> I you. see newcomers there, and I'm very happy for that. But they definitely they are not legends, but they are very good researchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I would maybe limit myself with my teachers here, and I would call also Giudanella Clark from University of Liège, and now I think he works also in, in Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, maybe from people from the open universities, uh, uh, Tian Belavati, whom I always admire mm-hmm. and follow in, in different international events and, and other people.
0: Mm, Fantastic Well Irina uh, You've done some Fantastic work Over the last 20 years Uh, It's very clear too That uh, you are learning A lot from the International community And the international Community is learning A lot from you So thank you so much For being a leader And legend of online learning
1: Thanks a lot Thanks a lot For inviting me
0: You can learn more About Irina And her work From our website That concludes this episode Be sure to go to our website www.onlinelearninglegends.com To follow up On this episode's guest You'll also find links to others whose ideas continue to inspire and teach online learning professionals, and you can subscribe to future interviews. If you know of a leader or legend we've not yet talked to, please do drop us a line at onlinelearninglegends@gmail.com. at gmail.com.